welcome to another episode of Better Black Than Never. I am your host as usual, Tavarnis King, and I am super, super appreciative of you joining me today. I know I said I was going to give you guys an extra podcast yesterday when I had my podcast on Monday because I dedicated all of Monday to the godfather of Black History Month, Carter G. Woodson. So I said I was going to do an extra podcast Tuesday. Yeah, the snow fucked me up, yo. <laughs> the shoveling, all, all walking in it, you know, traversing all that, that really took it out of me. So I couldn't do it. But, you know, we're going to make this an extra long show today. We're going to cover some topics. And I promise that I will indeed do an extra drop tomorrow. But as always, as I like to do whenever I do a long podcast, I'm going to tell you where you can jump to in the show to just listen to the parts you want to listen to. And if you want to listen to the whole thing, that's great, too. But if you just want to listen to some parts, I'm going to tell you right now where you can jump to. So first, we're going to you know do some dedication to Cicely Tyson, who passed away at the age of 96. So you can jump to the five minute, 12 second mark for that. Then we're going to talk about this. $15 hourly minimum wage that was proposed by the Democrats. Uh, so you can jump to the 13 minute mark for that. We're going to talk about all these black girls getting assaulted by police officers, the young lady in the high school, as well as the nine year old girl. We're going to discuss what's happening there or why that's happening. So you can jump to the 41 minute mark for that. We're going to jump back into politics and talk about the stimulus bill that was just passed yesterday. So you can jump to the one hour, three minute mark for that discussion. We're going to talk about all this hate that Chloe got, man. This is fucking bullshit. It's fucking crazy. I got to definitely give you my thoughts on that. So you can jump to the one hour, 16 minute part for that. And then lastly, we're going to touch, we're going to touch on Stacey Abrams getting nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize, which is fucking dope. And you can jump to the one hour, 28 minute mark for that. So we got a lot to cover today. I'm grateful for you guys joining me. As always, review, give me them five stars, share this with your friends, get more people subscribed. Right now we have 20 subscribers at, at only episode eight. Let's try and get this shit up to 100, you know, by the end of March, yo, we could probably do better than that. But once again, thank you guys for joining me. And like I said, we're going to be covering, you know, a dedication to Cicely Tyson. That's the five minute, 12 second mark. We're going to talk about the $15 minimum wage at the 13 minute mark. All these black girls getting assaulted. We're going to discuss why that's happening. You know what we can do about it. Jump to the 41 minute mark for that. The stimulus bill that was passed by Democrats with zero Republican support. We're going to talk about that at the one minute and three second mark. Chloe getting all this unnecessary hate for just having fun. We're going to talk about that at the one hour, 16 minute mark. And then we're going to end this show on a good note. We're going to talk about Stacey Abrams getting nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize at the one hour and 28 second, 28 minute mark. So enjoy the show. And like I said, tomorrow I'm going to do an extra show probably gonna be you know touching on this amazon bullshit because they got caught stealing from their workers a fucking trillion dollar company stealing from their workers which is fucking crazy and 
you know, news came through on the Golden Globes and we saw some people who should have gotten nominated, some beautiful black actors and actresses doing fucking work that didn't get nominated. We're going to definitely discuss that as well because, you know, what I feel about that is that, you know, sometimes we got to stop looking to these white audiences and these white, you know, awards for, for validation. But it's a com- that's a complicated issue. So we'll probably touch on that tomorrow, too, in a shortened show. But I hope you enjoy today's sh- hope you enjoy today's show. Like I said, and like I asked before, continue to review, continue to share this. Let's continue to grow this community. Let's get 100 subscribers by the end of March and let's blow this shit out. All right. So if you have anything, always follow us on social media, specifically Instagram at BBTN podcast. We can give us your own questions and suggestions for the show. And that'll be another way they can get involved in the show. So once again, thank you for joining us. I will see you guys later. So we got to start today by honoring the great Cicely Tyson, who passed away uh, late last week, I believe, who passed away and left us to go be with the creator. Um, I I will admit that I do not know her disc uh, her her discography as much as many other people do, but I am familiar with her work. And I can just speak to the fact that even though she was with us as a 96-year-old woman, I love seeing her around. I, I really love seeing her come out and do, you know, the walks on, you know, premiere night. I just happen to just love seeing that beautiful, elder, black excellence in our midst. And I'm definitely going to miss that. Um, and so when the news hit, when the news hit, I don't think I even tweeted about it or talked about it. I really just grabbed myself, you know, one of my favorite, you know, bourbons and just poured myself a couple of drinks and just, you know, kind of dealt with it. You know what I'm saying? It was one of those things where it's like, God damn it, they took another one. Like fucking 2021 is acting real 2020, like it's acting real 2020, like, yo. And so I just poured myself a drink and just kind of, you know read all of the op-eds and all the tweets and you know i just kind of you know settled into the reality that she was no longer with us and that i wasn't going to see that beautiful face you know adorning and blessing us with her grace and her style and her elegance and her majesty you know wherever Uh, and i definitely you know felt that in a deeper way probably because you know after my pops died when I was very young, I was raised by my mother and my grandmother. And I think most people who are raised by their by a grandparent just have a special place in their hearts for grandparent-like figures. Uh, and so, you know, that played a role in it. Uh, and so my history with Cicely Tyson, you know, again, is not as deep as I think many other people, especially, you know, movie buffs. I'm not a movie buff by any means. Uh, but I did, I did remember the first time that I saw her, and it was in a TV miniseries, I believe it was called King. Uh, and King, as you can guess, was a TV miniseries about Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, and, you know, it was one of those, you know, again, this was something that was shot in 1978. And I saw it in like, you know, the late 80s, early 90s. So clearly I wasn't born when this, you know, this shit was popping. But nevertheless, it was one of the first you know, real life movie slash TV adaptations of Martin Luther King Jr. that I'd ever seen, 
right? And so it kind of stuck in my mind, you know, that, you know, this person who I was reading about in school was now being brought to life in this miniseries. Uh, in that miniseries, you know, Cicely played Coretta Scott King. And if I recall, you know, she did a fantastic job. Um, it, you know, I definitely recommend it. You know, I, I really was touched by that. And then I recall seeing her in select episodes of the TV show Mission Impossible. And this is, and now that was really special. Again, these are shows and episodes that were taped way before I was born. We're talking about, you know, the original airing and the taping of these things being the 1960s and 70s. And I saw them in like late 80s, late 80s, early 90s. Uh, but Mission Impossible was that show, man, because there was almost nothing like it on TV that I recall as a kid. And so when it would come on in reruns, I would make a point to see it. And I always wanted to see the episodes where there was somebody black on the show. Like I distinctly, I distinctly remember not being interested in any episode that didn't have one of the black characters in the episode. Like, I would just watch the intro, because the intro was that, you know, uh, the white dude would get the mission, and then he'd be given a file, and then the intro would show you who was being chosen for the mission. And so you would see the actors being chosen for the mission, uh, or rather, you know, the spies being chosen for the mission, who happens to be actors. So right off the jump, you would know who was going to be in the episode and who wasn't going to be in the episode. And so I would just wait for that to clear, and if there were no black, and if there were no black people, I just wouldn't watch it because I I wouldn't be interested, you know, because the black guy and a black girl, and the black girl specifically in this instance, Cicely Tyson, were super cool, and you know, it was it was a little tropey. I'm not gonna lie, it was a, it was a little stereotypy, you know, saying they always played more often than not, you know, they made the black characters play the really cool guys in the room. They were they were never the computer guy, you know, saying there's there were always this, the the suave cool guy who you know somehow distracted the guard or whatever or whatever, right? Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, so I distinctly remember her in those, you know, episodes and on that show. And then lastly, and probably the thing that stuck out the most in my mind in terms of Cicely Tyson, uh, and this is good or bad, depending on your point of view. But what stuck out in my mind was that for a while there, she was the wife to Miles Davis. Now, people who know me know that I'm a huge jazz head. And so there was a time where Miles Davis was like God to me. Like anything he did, I wanted to know. I wanted to watch. I wanted to listen. It, it was Miles Davis morning, noon, and night, right? Uh, and so when he was married to Cicely Tyson, that's really when I really started to really know who she was, right? Uh, and, you know, to me... For a long time, you know, in between these stints, you know, she was just, you know, this black supermodel, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and, and so her being married to Miles Davis made total sense because Miles Davis was the fucking man. Of course, he's going to get a Cicely Tyson. That's exactly who Miles Davis is going to end up with, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and so, you know, that all of those, you know, things kind of together this picture of who Cicely Tyson was in my mind and then as time went on uh, she aged so gracefully and so elegantly that I just love seeing her and stuff and from time and of course you know I'm not gonna front I think I saw her in one of Tyler Perry's movies I think I did see 
Diary of a Mad Black Woman. I believe I saw that. Because uh, I don't necessarily have a problem with Tyler Perry movies. There's a whole other conversation for a whole other day. Uh, so when she, when that came out, I believe I saw it. Uh, but, you know, that's that's the my whole kind of view on her is that she was just this living embodiment of elegant you know black excellence and i'm definitely gonna miss seeing her around i'm definitely gonna miss just knowing that she's with us and that she can pop up anywhere at any time so shout out and r.i.p r.i.p to cicely tyson uh, and i hope you rest in power and i can't wait to see you again all right moving on So, we definitely want to talk about, as a next topic, something that happened last week that I did not get a chance to talk about on Monday, which I think is really important. Uh, and we're going to be jumping around a bunch of topics today, uh, as you guys already know. But, you know, this topic clearly is important because I believe it affects so many black and brown people that it really needs to be paid attention to. And one of the reasons why we sent Joe Biden to the White House and gave him the Senate, as well as Congress and all this power was for him to come through in ways that directly affect our lives. And I feel as if this proposal for the $15 minimum wage is a half measure. And I'm going to get into why. So if you have not heard, the Democrats, and of course, you know, that includes Joe Biden, put forth their proposal for increasing the minimum wage nationally everywhere in america from i believe right now is on seven dollars i think there's actually some places in america with six dollars if i read correctly which is fucking insane but the goal is to raise it from where it is right now which is clearly inadequate which is straight up starvation wages to be straight up honest with you to fifteen dollars an hour i think when we heard this from Joe Biden during his campaign, we expected more than what we're getting. So right now, the goal is to raise the federal minimum wage from seven and change in where it is right now to fifteen dollars an hour by two thousand twenty-five. Okay, so let's start right there and why that's a problem. At first, when I heard two thousand twenty-five, I thought. Okay, that kind of makes sense, right? Because the whole point is to put this wage increase relatively far, reasonably far in advance in the future to let small businesses get ready. So it's not like a flip of a switch where one day, you know, you're paying your your workers $7 and all of a sudden the literal next day, it's $15 an hour. You want to give them enough time to kind of get ready for it, whether that means saving money, whether that means raising more capital, whether that means restructuring your business. Hopefully, it doesn't mean laying people off, you know, but the idea is to give businesses time to get ready, specifically small businesses. I could give two shits about Amazon, and you and you guys already saw the news that I posted about Amazon stealing tips to the tune of millions of dollars from their workers, a fucking trillion-dollar company stealing money from their workers to pay their workers. Again, a trillion-dollar company did this shit, right? 
So I don't give two shits about the discomfort that the Amazons of the world have to deal with with raising the minimum wage, okay? Fuck them. However, this need to give some time to put in some padding for this increase is really about small businesses. And so at first I understood why you would give such a such a big lead for small business right because right now small businesses are hurting right and so you can't do it this year right that was my and this is my initial thought you can't do it this year because small businesses are hurting because of covid especially small businesses whose whole business is for people to be indoors right so you're talking about restaurants you're talking about you know sports venues entertainment venues things of that nature they're hurting right they can't necessarily just move all this online they got troubles. They got problems because of COVID. So already they're hurting. They're not making as much money as they would in a normal non-pandemic year. So you would assume then that let's say we get to a better place with the pandemic by the end of this year. Let's let's be real optimistic and say by the end of this year, we'll be in a much better place. Let's say herd immunity will kick in because so many people have taken the vaccine, et cetera, and et cetera, and people are still wearing their masks because we still need to wear masks even after you take the vaccine for everybody to actually be safe. So let's say we get through this by the end of this year. That would mean 2023 would basically be a recovery year, right? Because a lot of businesses have shut down. Uh, and by shut down, I don't necessarily mean go out of business. I mean just sh- shut down operations. Just like yo, we're we're out for a little bit. We're not. We can't deal with this. We're just closing shop for a minute, right? And then you have businesses that have completely disappeared, like completely closed down. We're they're not coming back ever. It you know the pandemic just completely fucked them. And so you have that class of you know business businesses, right? And so what that would mean is that 2023 would basically be a recovery year for small businesses right uh and for the economy as a whole i mean when we talk about small businesses you know need to recover and being hurt what we're talking about is the economy right we're not talking about the wall street and again i'm not gonna talk about gamestop today because i feel as if you guys got all the information about gamestop you need it was fucking crazy but uh, what i will say about gamestop is i would hope that everything we've seen in the stock market during a pandemic, during a time when people are losing their jobs, during a downturn in the economy, during a time where we need a $1.9 trillion stimulus package, has finally convinced people that Wall Street does not represent the economy, right? Just because Wall Street is doing well doesn't mean the economy is doing Wall Street doing well means that people in Wall Street are doing well, okay? The regular folks, regular folks, regular businesses that are not on Wall Street are not doing well just because Wall Street is doing well. I would hope by now that you guys have gotten that message because it's been playing as day forever. And I hope that this this whole situation, which has been complete shit show and super stark, would make that point clearer now than it has ever been made. That being said, the economy is still hurting. And therefore, the economy is still going to need some time to recover before small businesses can actually afford to pay their workers more money, right? And so I thought, well, then 2023, maybe even going into 2024, would be a recovery year 
getting small businesses back on their feet, getting the economy back together, getting jobs back and people buying and consumer confidence back in the right place, which would then help small businesses be able to afford to pay their workers $15 an hour by 2025. So I had like a good 10 minutes or so, five to 10 minutes where I thought to myself, okay, maybe that makes sense. But then I realized that's bullshit. And let me tell you why that's bullshit. Right now, the government subsidized entire fucking industries. Like the dairy fucking industry, fucking coal, like whole Trump's whole shit was to keep coal alive, even though we need to let that shit die. And it was willing to put billions of dollars into into stupid ass shit to keep that industry alive, okay? And we've been subsidizing dairy and farmers for fucking ever, okay? I'm talking about farmers who are making millions of dollars. We've been giving them tax breaks after tax breaks, finding new ways and new loopholes to keep giving them money, giving them free money to keep their business going. There's no reason other than the obvious, which is a lack of desire to do so, but... Other than that, there is no reason why the same could not be done for small businesses to help them afford this $15 hike for, let's say, the next two, three years. There's not, there's literally nothing standing in our way to do something like that except for the will to do it and to not give a shit about the GOP and Republicans while we do it, right? And then, And then when we do it, and it benefits all these fucking Republicans, all these fucking Republican voters, and I'm going to get into this later on, to then run fucking billboard ads and ads everywhere. Say, you know that $15 check, $15 hour check that you're getting right now? Yeah, your Republican mayor, senator, congressman, whatever, didn't want to give you that. Vote Democrat next time. Now, granted, we all know what Lyndon B. Johnson said. You know what I'm saying? You can, if, as long as you make white people feel, as long as you make the lowest white person feel that they're better than the best colored person, they will, they will let you rob them blind. Okay? And that's, we see that truth every fucking day. Every fucking day we see that truth, you know, enacted and lived in our communities, in our society. So there's no telling, there's no promising that that would even work. But the reality is we could do it. You just have to have the will to do it, okay? And therefore, that's why after giving it some thought and being, you know, and coming to my senses, I realized that this whole 2025 thing is bullshit. It's A, is bullshit because we could definitely do it sooner. We just have to have the will to do it. And then secondarily, clearly putting it around the election, the re-election, you know, might not be a re-election. It might just be us, you know, electing Kamala Harris to president <laughs> because I'm think I'm thinking we're all pretty sure that Biden is not going to is not going to be here for a second term. Um and I'm not saying that he's going to die. I mean, uh, I've heard stupid stupid people talking about, you know, how he's going to drop dead during this, you know, during his presidency. I don't necessarily believe that, but that's but I'm pretty clear, I'm pretty sure that he's not going to be here for a second term. Like he's not going to be here for 8 years. And so 2020 around 2025 it is strategically placed so it can be a campaign promise. Whereas, like, if you keep Kamala Harris or whatever Democrat wins the nomination, most likely Kamala Harris, uh, you know, they can say, if you elect me, I will make sure that you get this $15 an hour, right? 
And who knows really where the economy will be by that time. I don't imagine by 2025 it'll be really back all the way. We'll still, and, and even if it's back to quote unquote normal, remember what normal was. Normal was an economy where your average American couldn't afford a $400 emergency, where you had people working full time and yet still needed welfare to make ends meet. That's the normal that we would be returning to for all these people who want to talk about return to normal. So if the economy returns to quote unquote normal, it's not necessarily returning to a good thing. It's not a good fucking place that we're going to be returning to if we return to normal, right? And therefore, this $15,000 could be used as a campaign promise to get a Democrat reelected or elected back into office. It's going to be so weird because I've never seen a scenario where the president doesn't run for re-election and therefore someone in his party runs to get elected to keep the same party in the White House. It's going to be so fucking weird. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so that was the first fuckery, you know, that I was like, that's fucking crazy. The second fuckery was that by 2025, if you're actually wanting to be just with the American people and the workers, fucking $15,000 hour by 2025 is bullshit. Again, I don't, I mean, I'm not quite clear when this whole 15,000 hour thing kicked off because I always felt like that was still too low. And we're going to get into why that's too low. But I always felt like, why are you, why are you setting it as $15,000? Who decided this arbitrary number of $15,000 was the thing to aim for? Because we should be getting paid more than that. Minimum wage on earners should be getting paid more than that. And by 2025, what you actually need to pay minimum wage earners would be actually $19, you know, keeping up with inflation, right? And so it makes no sense to promise people $15 an hour by a particular period of time when they will actually need more than that, right? And so that's another place where I was like, okay, that's fucked up because by then you're going to need more than that, you know what I'm saying? Now, the reality is, if people are making do and they're making do by the skins of their teeth, but if they're making do with $7 an hour, if you put them in a scenario where they should be making 19 but instead they're going to make 15 that's going to still help a lot of people. But that's still undermining people who need help. It's like, why are you going out of your way to do less for the people who need more? And we already know why, right? Because these, all these fucking, the vast majority, I don't want to say all, but the vast fucking majority of these politicians are brought by donors who are going to work their asses off to make sure that you do not do anything that may compromise their billions of dollars, okay? A motherfucker could be worth $180 billion, which is what Bill, which is what uh, Jeff Bezos is worth, $188 billion, if I recall correctly. But if you do something that causes him to lose just $1 billion and he's left with just $187 billion, he will lose his shit. He will try and burn the whole fucking country down. That's how these motherfuckers are. That's why they will do everything. They will bribe as many people as they need to bribe to keep that shit from happening. Right. And so that's why we don't see politicians really going for it all to help people. Right. To help just regular people. They always go with half measures. And this fifteen thousand an hour by 2025 is a fucking half measure and calling it a half measure is a fucking compliment. It's, pro it's really less than that. And we're going to get into why it's less than that. 
when you read the fine print about this $15,000, another thing that pops out is that they're going to tie the increase moving forward to what's called the median wage. Now, the median wage is just the middle wage, the midpoint of wages in all of the wage calculations that is made uh, you know, who are by all the people who make money, who earn wages, right? And so it's just the, what's the middle, right? The reason why attaching it to the median is fucked up is that median wages in this country over the past 40 years has only increased by about $3. Again, I'm going to say it again. In 40 years, the median wage in America only increased by 3 bucks. Now, the lowest wage only increased over 40 years by I think that I thought uh, I think the study said 35 cents. And then, of course, the top, top wage earners, their meet their wages increase over the last 40 years, by like thirty dollars. Right. It's a fucking huge disparity. Right. And more importantly, the median wage does not change enough to make it a fact, a real fucking factor in people's lives, right? You're once again suppressing people's income artificially for fucking what? And again, I ask that question rhetorically because I know why. Because they're doing what they can to please their donors by basically trying to split the baby. Um, We're going to give these, you know, medium wage earners something, but not too much because we don't want to upset our billion dollar corporation donors who don't want to pay their workers actual living wages. Right. And so that's the reason why. But it's still fucked up. That them that you're gonna they're gonna detach the raises from minimum wage moving forward from 2025 20, onward to the median, which has only increased over the last 40 years, 40 fucking years, two 20-year periods, and the median wage in America only increased by like three dollars. So fucked up. That is so so fucked up. You no, know, artificially suppressing wages. Is, is is so evil so straight up evil right for all these motherfuckers who are going to be quoting Martin King Jr. all throughout this fucking month month long MLK spoke against economic violence man this is economic violence don't be quoting Martin Luther King Jr. and put up his photos and talk about I have a dream and ignore all the shit he said about economic violence which is this right fucking here right so here you have them attaching it to median when in reality they need to attach it to productivity and i and this goes back to why i do not i do not understand why 15,000 hour kind of became this rallying court cry I, I don't i mean maybe someone can educate me on the roots of that of this nonsense because in reality 15,000 hour is low you know what i'm saying the truth of the matter is Productivity in America has continued to rise for for a long fucking time, man. American workers are productive as fucking hell, man. These workers who are going to the... And we're talking about all workers. We're talking about people going into factories, all the way to the people going into these corporate jobs, these white-collar jobs. American workers across the board are productive as hell. We get a lot of shit done. And if wages, specifically minimum wage, had kept up with productivity, you know how much you'd be being you'd be paid right now as a minimum wage worker? Fucking twenty four dollars an hour, man. Twenty four 
$24 an hour is what you will be paid today if productivity and minimum wage just kept on rising together. But guess what happened? The rich started buying politicians. Well, I don't want to say starting. Starting is not the right word because the rich has been buying politicians as long as they've been politics in America. I mean, that shit goes all the way, goes all the way back to fucking reconstruction and slavery. Like the business people influencing politics has long been a thing. But they started excuse me, they started influencing politics specifically in the area of wages to workers really around 1970, which is where if you do the research and you know a lot of this visuals will show you graphs, which is where you'll start to see that productivity continues to go up, but wages remain flat. Like wages will go in a straight line while worker productivity goes up, right? Uh, and so, that bullshit right there is why I don't understand. Again, they don't really care to help. Like, this is such a half measure, and I keep on coming back to why, but I know why. Because these motherfuckers don't really care at the end of the day. Which is why I was so upset. So upset that at the end of the day, they had to fucking cast my vote for Biden. Because I knew this motherfucker was not really going to be about it. This motherfucker was not going to really be about it, man. You know who would have who been about it? Elizabeth Warren. Bernie Sanders, those motherfuckers would have said "fuck you" to all the, all those GOP and conservatives who don't like it, and they would have gone full steam ahead, right? But I, you know, it's one of those things where I had to choose between Biden and the fucking devil incarnate, and I had to just make that rough choice, man. I couldn't just you know bow out like a coward. I have to step up to the plate and make the make the difficult choice. But this is who Biden is, man. This, this, this fuckery of this $15,000 kind of proves that it's always a fucking half measure because he could straight up just say, look, we're not going to attach this to the median. Let's attach it to productivity, which guarantees that if you wage, excuse me, if you raise wages along with productivity, minimum wage earners are going to get paid. And fuck all these people talking about how it's going to destroy businesses, it's going to do this, it's going to do that. There's no study, there's no unbiased research that says any of that shit. The reality is the research shows that if you pay minimum wage earners more, they will buy more, they will spend more, which will then give businesses more money to do more and to create more and to sell things at a particular price at a particular price point, okay? It just the your basic Goods and services, supply and demand will just come into effect. And there are places right now in the country where people are paid fifteen dollars an hour as a minimum wage. Businesses are not going out of businesses are not going out, they're not closing down. There's no there's no, you know, death happening. People making complaints like, oh, suddenly McDonald's is gonna be I, I, oh, I saw this tweet. It just came to mind. I wish I had it from me. But someone showed this tweet where they showed that Denmark I believe it was Denmark. Denmark pays their workers fifteen dollars an hour, and yet their average Big Mac costs less than what it does in America. <laughs> so right there, it shows you it can be done. And again, why you why are you a motherfucker thousandaire? Not even a millionaire. You're a thousandaire. Okay, you're luck. You're lucky at the end of the day that you don't get ripped to shreds by fucking income taxes. Why are you over here caping for fucking billionaires so hard? Huh? Why are you over here wasting your time caping for billionaires every fucking chance you get? What the fuck is wrong with you, right? You're not a billionaire. You don't benefit from McDonald's fucking, you know, saving some fucking coin. That doesn't help you. 
Okay. The reality is if we were to raise the minimum wage and if McDonald's decide, oh yeah, you're going to raise the minimum wage. Well, now your big mask is going to cost $10, $10. You know what we do? You don't go to McDonald's. McDonald's will see, oh shit, people aren't buying. We need to lower these prices. And at the end of the day, supply and demand. Okay. You have the power. We have the power. Right. And so this idea that by raising the minimum wage, that somehow businesses are going to just be free to take it out on us. That's not what's going to happen. It'll only happen if you allow it to happen. Right. If, you know, McDonald's does some crazy shit because they got to pay their workers $15 an hour off the jump and decide to just make their fries like fucking $20 or some fucking ridiculous shit like that. Guess what? If you still go and you still go buy that shit. A, you're a fucking sucker, and B, you're empowering the, you're making a reality the very thing you saw was going to happen, and therefore you're therefore making it a fulfilling, a, a self-fulfilling prophecy. I believe that's called, right? And so the reality though is that it doesn't have to be that way. If McDonald's does something weird, and I haven't, I can't remember the last time I actually ate McDonald's, but if McDonald's does something weird shit, just don't go to McDonald's. Trust me, there will be other food chains that will come up. In the space that McDonald's makes available for them to give you some good fucking fast food for a reasonable price that will taste fucking good and that will pressure McDonald's to act right. And at the end of the day, all it means is that McDonald's will go from making what a hundred billion, you know, in profit to ninety. What the fuck are you complaining about? Why for the fuck you caping for them for? So this whole fifteen dollars minimum wage thing again is a half measure. And again, it's one of those things where it's like, that's what I expect from Biden. You know, I already told you who I wish actually was, you know, in in the in the White House, either Elizabeth Warren or Bernie Sanders, Bernie Sanders, because they would have definitely gone further. And in going further in all this, this is this helps our people, man. Like there's a lot of black people working at McDonald's and a lot of black people in black neighborhoods who are working in these restaurants and these businesses and they're the ones who are making so little that you know they need welfare to put food on the table even though they're working 30 40 hours a week you know what I'm saying so that shit is foul and so when we look at shit like minimum wage yeah it's a national issue but it really affects so many of our people black and brown people because we are overrepresented in minimum wage jobs right we are overrepresented in these minimum wage jobs which is why something like this is something that we really need to focus on and really need to talk about and we need to focus on now what can we do about it what you what you can always do about these situations you need to get in your senator's ear again your congressman's ear your congresswoman's ear and say yo this is not enough you need to fucking do more and you can't do the via email you got the call you know what i'm saying I, i've learned that lesson myself like email and tweets that's not it get on the fucking phone and call them and say this is not enough you need to do more this is what it needs to be and push them like all this talk about we can push biden left we can put biden left well this is it right here here is our first opportunity to push Biden left on something that's really important to our community. That's really important to our brothers and sisters. You know what I'm saying? And so get them, get on those call, you know, get on that call, get on that phone, and call those motherfuckers and say this is not enough. This is not enough. A subsidize small businesses so they so they can afford to do this sooner because you motherfuckers subsidize 
fucking billionaires and billion dollar some fucking trillion dollar industries fuck that throw some money to small businesses especially minority small businesses so they can afford to do this sooner rather than later that's number one number two 15 again i don't know where this shit started but 15 an hour it's not it man <laughs> that's that's not it in my opinion it needs to be closer to 20 for real, I don't know if fifteen rolls off the tongue better than twenty. I just don't know where, where that shit started. But I remember, I remember things myself for a long time. That shit needs to start at twenty. Like the negotiation on that shit needs to start fucking at twenty, and maybe and maybe you go down to eighteen. You know what I'm saying? But fifteen does not sound like enough, especially since for the last what since 1970, since 1970, man, we've been we've seen minimum wage artificially suppressed all the while productivity is fucking skyrocketing it's a fucking insult to just say okay after suppressing this shit for fucking decades eh, we're gonna give you an x an extra what i'm horrible at math we're gonna give you guys an extra eight dollars i'm horrible at math you guys can correct me and it gives you guys the extra eight dollars all the while these are fucking billion dollar trillion dollar companies fuck that shit so we need to get on the phone and talk to them and say it's not enough. That's how you, that's how you affect change. And now we need to see if you know all those establishment Democrats who told us all the shit about pushing Biden left. Let's see him push left. Let's see him be pushed left. I have not seen it yet. I have not seen a scenario arise where he started somewhere centrist, and then we have been successful in pushing him left. Granted, I'm not gonna be fucking Fox News and pretend like he's been in office for a year. Okay, he's been. Has it, has it been two weeks? You know what I'm saying? I don't know if it's been two weeks yet, okay? He hasn't been in office long enough for us to call it in any meaningful way, but I'm waiting to see. I'm waiting to see. And so those are my thoughts on the whole $15 minimum wage thing. Let me know what you guys think, uh, and let's move on to the next subject. So the next subject is not something that I actually want to talk about, but we got to talk about it. We got to talk about it because this is a problem that's not going away. And I really wish I had a solution that worked for everyone. But there isn't a solution that really works for everyone in this manner. And nothing that can be turned around really quickly. But we got to discuss it and put our minds together to figure out you know how we actually get to the bottom of this and fix this problem uh so a video came out january 26 that shows a 16 year old student in a high school in florida being slammed to the concrete by a resource officer uh, the name of the young lady is taylor bracy and the name of the officer is fuck him i'm not gonna mention his name because fuck him to hell fuck him i care about taylor and i'm sure you guys have seen the video i have not seen the video um i'm past the point of having to watch videos of black bodies being brutalized and killed to understand the impact of it i, I never needed it and one of the things that i'm doing for myself and i think also for us is I'm I'm not partaking in watching these videos uh, anymore. 
I just watch, I just read the news and I try and get the news from a myriad of sources because one of the interesting things that was weird about reading this news was that so many news outlets seem to have gone out of the way out of their way to not mention that Taylor was a 16 year old black girl uh, like they're protecting this motherfucker. So, but you guys have seen the video. Um, she slammed to the floor, and everything I've heard is that it is profoundly, profoundly disturbing to the point where she's knocked unconscious, okay? She's knocked unconscious, and then you can see this fucking asshole put his knee on a fucking unconscious girl and handcuff her. Why? Because she was in a verbal altercation with someone else at this fucking school. So now, after being hospitalized for a little bit, um, Taylor is suffering from insomnia. She has blurry vision. She has memory loss. And she has headaches coming and going because of this body slam that she had to endure. Now, this motherfucker is on paid administrative leave while there's an investigation, which basically to me means they're going to try and figure out a way to make it her fault and therefore completely absolve this asshole of any responsibility. This, and I'm, I'm going to wait for them to prove me wrong, but we all know how that fucking goes. We all, we've all seen the, the meme where a cop says, hey, we've investigated ourselves and we find ourselves innocent. This is, what, this is what I believe is happening. At the same time that this news came out, or rather not at the same time, around the same time this news came out, um... We saw the Rochester police force pepper spray, pepper spray a nine-year-old black girl who was already suicidal, y'all. Who was already fucking suicidal and upset. And instead of treating her with any fucking humanity, of any, if, instead of treating her like she's a nine-year-old girl, they pepper sprayed her. Now, I've always been one of those people who said about parenting. I used to always say about parenting, like, if you can't handle a five-year-old, you need to get out the fucking parenting game. Like, that's not difficult, okay? You're the adult that's a five-fucking-year-old. What the fuck are you doing if you can't handle a five-year-old? And if you're a fucking cop and you can't handle a nine-year-old without pepper spraying them, get out the fucking game, man. Get the fuck out the game, okay? Now, I believe the mayor has suspended these officers, um... But we'll see, because suspension is not the same as firing, and they need to fucking get fired, and those parents need to sue the fuck out of these people. And so these things, these horrible bits of news, at least came to me, anyway, around the same time, right? Because I did, you know, it's one of those things where I complain about Twitter from time to time, but I get so much of my news on Twitter, because she's nine, the hashtag she's nine was trending and I was trying to figure out what the fuck that was until I clicked on it and that's when I got this bit of news and I was just already dealing with and getting notes my notes together about what happened to Taylor Bracey and it's like this just came like almost at least in my opinion like right behind that shit and so in both instances what what we're seeing there is a is a very very specific um, result of racism which is called adultification. And so there's a lot of research on adultification. And adultification is really just a fancy word for something that I know black people, but especially black girls, especially black girls, and especially dark-skinned black girls too. 
something that they experience and they know very well, regardless of whether or not they know the term adultification. The idea of adultification is that black girls, and this is also something true about black boys, but right now we're going to focus on black girls, that black girls are seen as being far more adult even when they're kids, even when they're like five years old, even when they're like literally children, most of the world, and when I say the world, I'm including black folks in this as well. Like there's some black folks, some fucking, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say, I'm not gonna say, but there are some fucking motherfuckers in our own community who are guilty of this as well, especially when it comes to black girls. Uh, a 2017 study showed that five-year-olds, fucking five-year-olds, man, five-year-olds are seen as less innocent, specifically black five black five-year-old girls. I want to get the facts straight. Black five-year-old girls are seen as less innocent as white five-year-old girls. Okay? The study shows that black five-year-old girls are seen and are believed to be ones who are in need of less nurturing, less protection, less support, less comfort. They're believed to be more independent. They assume to know more about adult topics and assume to know more about sex by the people in the study. Okay? Five-year-old black girls. I don't... When I was, I can't even remember what I was thinking in my mind at fucking five-year-olds. But sure as hell wasn't fucking sex. I was fucking concerned about watching cartoons and, you know, getting my homework done and trying to figure out a way to sneak out of bedtime. And, and man, I wish we had a dog. Fucking children shit. Fucking children shit. And yet, the vast majority of people. And I keep using the word people because I want to make it clear. It would be real easy to just say white people in this in this scenario. But no, this study was multiracial. In other words, the, the people who they were surveying weren't just white people. This was a bunch of people from different races. And so what they found is that this is true among a sect, whether it's the majority or whether it's not, the, whether it's a minority, I do not know. But there's definitely a section of black people who also see black girls even as young as five years old as being fucking adults and they treat them as such they talk to them as such and black women listening to this you know you you remember how young you were with some when a fucking nigga hit on you and you were fucking it was a fucking grown ass motherfucker too and you were a child and you just trying to figure out what the fuck was happening black women know what i'm talking about you know you know what it's like to talk to a black woman who is full-figured and has you know Let's be on. Let's let's be let's be adults here who had you know who has you know big breasts, and then to hear from them the stories about how they were hit on once they matured at around what ten years old, if 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 their bodies grew out that early, how co- completely differently their fucking lives were, fucking grown ass men saying shit to them, These fucking stories disgust me, and they're not talking about white folks when they talk when they tell me those stories, okay? They're not talking about white folks when they told so. So when I say people i'm including all you motherfuckers who do that shit all you motherfuckers who do that shit to our to our black boys and to our black girls okay who see our children as being adults when they're children when you do not give them the opportunity to be innocent 
Okay, and I've already discussed this in other podcasts about how black girls are more likely to be suspended, especially if you're dark skin, than white girls or light skinned black girls. We've we've covered all this shit, right? Like motherfuckers who pretend like sexism is not a thing, especially in fucking niggas, man. I I don't know what to do with y'all. <laughs> I really don't know what to do with y'all some days, man. I really don't. Like I try to be positive about everyone in our community, but y'all motherfuckers make it hard. But the study shows that compared to white girls of the same age range, like I said, just said, like I just said a moment ago, black girls are seen as being way more adult, and that view of them leads to people treating them in an aggressive and often sexualized fashion. Okay, and the study correctly linked this all the way back to slavery. Right, all the way back to our human. I mean, there's so many things that we're dealing with right now in America that still has its roots back in slavery. You know, I believe it was Nina Simone who said, I'm paraphrasing because I don't remember the words, you know, absolutely and verbatim, but I believe she said that America never got rid of the slavery mindset, and it's so fucking true. It's so fucking true, man, because we see all these little elements that still exist in pockets, in, in many areas in our society that could be traced all the way back to slavery. And so when you see young ladies, you know, fucking 16-year-old girls being slammed down to the bo- to the ground, to the fucking concrete, like it's a fucking WD, WWE fucking fight, and you wonder, well, how the fuck can we, how the fuck can we, y'all do that? Like, what would go through your mind to even think that that was something that you should do? It's simple. We in the community see a 16-year-old child. He sees a 26-year-old, okay? Just to make it really plain, okay? We see a 16-year-old child who's just having an argument like all 16-year-olds do in a fucking school environment. It's not fucking new, okay? This This isn't something special to black girls. We see a 16-year-old child. He saw a fucking dangerous 20-something, 26, 25-year-old person who needed to be dealt with like a fucking thug, like a fucking man. That is the result of, of adultification. And that's what we're seeing. That even with a suicidal five-year-old, excuse me, nine-year-old girl who should be helped, who should be comforted, who's screaming for her father, even in that scenario, they could not treat her as a nine-year-old who needed help. In other words, they couldn't treat her like she was a white nine-year-old suicidal girl who needed help. They treated her like a black nine-year-old, which meant to them she was more like a black 19, 20-year-old. And again, this view of not only black girls, but this also happened to black boys, but this view of our children makes them so vulnerable in so many areas of society. And again, like I said, when I started talking about this, I wish I had a very clean and clear solution to give y'all, but I don't. The unfortunate reality is, I've said this for a long time, we need to fucking homeschool our kids, man, because this fucking educational system is out to kill them. It is out to destroy them, okay? And the reality is that I don't know if, if... if, you, if you're not in a position to do that, I don't know what the solution is for you. I mean, the best that you can do is to be super, super active in your school, in your community. Like, I have, I have a friend who is a public school teacher, right? And so, 
I hear from them all the time that, you know, change happens when parents get highly involved, like really, really involved in the school and who and who is, you know, the teachers, the principals, they meet with them. Like if parents get really, really involved, that's when shit happens. That's when, you know, motherfuckers stay in line. But, you know, that that kind of plays into the whole cycle. Right. Because if you're black, you're probably a minimum wage earner, which probably means that you can't afford to take days off to be super involved in school because if you miss a day you don't get paid which then means that you are working your ass off your ass off to me and barely meet you're super tired and so somehow you need to find the extra energy to be extra involved in your child's schooling which oftentimes you can't which means shit happens and you don't know shit is happening and things are happening beyond your control it's all it's this whole structure of racism and white supremacy that is put together to oppress black and brown people is fucking sophisticated as fuck it's interwoven so many of these elements are interwoven with each other that you know you need to really come in with a fucking scissor and cut all the shit up but if you're wondering how this shit happens to a 16 year old who's just arguing with a girl and a nine-year-old who's suicidal it's simple they're both black and in the eyes of so many people, but especially cops, fuck cops, like especially cops, they're not seen as being innocent. You know, like the study shows, they're seen as being less innocent in need of less nurturing, less protection, less support, less comfort in need of only a fucking racist ass motherfucker can see a suicidal girl crying, calling out for her father and think to himself, the solution here it's pepper spray. Like you like that's why I say police can't be reformed. The cops can't be reformed. Like I understand that reform is kind of this middle ground that a lot of these conservative establishment liberals want to, you know, talk about. But the reality is to get rid of the whole fucking system. The whole fucking system is corrupt. It needs to completely be abolished. If motherfuckers are out here dealing with suicidal nine-year-olds with pepper spray, you, you don't deserve to be on the job. Like, you need to fucking go. And again, all this comes back to adultification, which goes all the way back to slavery. You think during slavery... Children, black children were, were deeded with, excuse me, you think during slavery that black children were treated with respect and kindness and gentleness? No. And so that attitude has permeated society and exists even today. And it's something that has to be tackled. A, it needs to tackle, be tackled in our own community. Far too many of us in our own community treat our black boys and our black girls when they're children, like they're fucking adults. The way we talk to them, the way we assume the worst of them, the way we assume black girls are fast because, you know, they, they just happen to, you know, grow breasts at a particular age or they look pretty or what, or they just, you know, they just ha- like hanging out with boys because they're a little bit tomboyish or whatever the fucking reason. The way y'all be calling these, you know, black girls fast, fuck y'all. Okay? The way some of you sisters be fucking plotting around these little boys who are just trying to enjoy being with their friends and playing video games. Fuck y'all. You're not fucking exempt because you have a fucking vagina. Fuck you. This is something that we need to tackle in our own community as well as hold people accountable outside of our community who engage in this shit. 
And so what's going to happen? Well, like I said, I, th- I think it's going to happen with that, with that police officer in the school or that resource officer in the school. They're going to figure out a way to, to say he was innocent, that it was justified and, and all this other shit because that's what they always do. And so right now, you know, all I can do from this little section, from this spot that I'm at right here in, in Brooklyn, New York, is pray for Tracy. I mean, she's she's 16 years old. She's 16 years old, guys, 16 years old. And she's dealing with blurry vision and memory loss. That's so fucked up, man. That's so fucked up. Like I like I get I get nervous if I forget something at my age. I cannot imagine how terrifying it is to just suddenly forget shit at fucking 16 years old when your mind should be like a fucking steel trap. But when you get fucking body slammed on concrete by a fucking grown-ass man who thinks you're fucking not a 16-year-old, but a fucking 20-something-year-old who needs to be dealt with like he's in a fucking WWE, this is the result. And that's what that fucking officer, I've said it many times, man, this is why I believe in street justice, you know? Fuck all, fuck all that pacifist shit. This is why I believe in street justice. Because I don't believe we're going to get justice the quote-unquote normal way. The regular way. I don't believe that for a second. I think they're gonna find they're gonna find some kind of way to let this motherfucker off the hook. And even if they fire him, you know he's gonna get he's gonna get hired somewhere else. And so th- that's what happens when you have a world, a live in a society that has its roots in in the original sin called slavery. They keep some of these elements alive in their society, and we can see it play out. And so right now, for both you know, Tracy. And excuse me, Taylor and the nine year old girl whose name I don't believe was released, which is a good thing. She is only nine year nine years old after all. We gotta keep you know our prayers up. And you parents who have the means and the time, you need to be homeschooling your kids. We need to definitely be home get our get our kids out of the school system, yeah. We need to be homeschooling our kids. And you parents who don't necessarily have the means or the money, you know, all the time. You know, if you can, because, you know, not everyone has the time, just generally speaking, to be super involved. But you need to be like, this is the kind of shit you need to be bringing up at your parent-teacher meetings and all that shit. Like, assuring that this shit does not happen. Bring the research. Talk to the principal. Confront them about this shit. And make sure this shit does not happen in your school. And if it fucking does, you need to make sure that you have elected officials who are going to bring the hammer down on these motherfuckers. These motherfuckers need to be afraid for their very... Now, in my book, they need to be afraid for their lives. But at minimum, they should be afraid for their fucking freedom. Like, that should be something that goes through their fucking minds. Like, yo, if I, if I, if I do some ill shit, I'm going to jail. And it doesn't matter if I was just a resource officer. A cop in jail is a cop in jail. But if you have the time and you have the energy, because and again, I, I, I know what it's like to grow up in a home where you have someone who's working their asses off and they just don't have the time or the strength or the energy to be as involved in the school system, in education as they would like to be. But if you do, get involved because you're not only getting involved for your kid, you're getting involved for all the kids. You know what I'm saying? If you do have the time, get involved for the sake of not only your child, but for your neighbor's child as well. To keep these motherfuckers accountable. And so that's what's happening with that shit. And I just need to talk about it and just kind of let you know, you know, my thoughts on why this shit happens. I think sometimes we see this shit happens and we just like, why? And 
You know, I just want to make sure that we're clear on it so that we kind of understand all of the ways this fuckery called racism and white supremacy is affecting our lives and what we can do to possibly fight it. You know, I mean, other than just straight up leaving the motherfucking planet, we've got to be here and we got to fight it because we're not going anywhere. All right. So let's move on to the next subject. So, like I said, we're bouncing around today. We're hitting a couple of topics that I want to hit on. And definitely something that I want to talk about was something that, that came through yesterday. Um, Senate Democrats greenlit the $1.9 trillion stimulus bill that Biden proposed to help get America back on its feet. This is really big and really important on so many levels. Uh, number one... When I think about the stimulus bill and I think about, number one, the stimulus checks, look, there's a lot of controversy around whether or not the stimulus check in the bill should be $2,000 versus $1,400 versus $2,600. It's, it's a lot. And I've already gave you my thoughts on that, right? I think it should be in Biden's bill specifically two thousand dollars because i think no matter how you do the math try you should always be trying to do more for regular citizens than less right now of course technically biden will be keeping his promises because if you put the 1400 on top of the uh 600 that you know was previously passed yes you will get a check for two thousand dollars but I completely understand the people who believe that when Biden was talking about $2,000, that he was saying that he specifically in his bill would put in $2,000, not $1,400 to get you to $2,000. But again, I'm not going to rehash that. I've already given my thoughts on that. I think he just should have earnestly just tried to do more for people than less. And again, I usually ask why, but again, we already know why. He's a centrist, which is the first problem with that motherfucker. And secondly, I'm pretty sure donors were in his ear to not go to not go too far. So that's one thing. But that all that being said, there's a lot of good stuff in this one trillion dollar bill, one trillion dollar stimulus bill. And while I don't think it goes far enough in some areas, I think what is needed, and I hope that he sees that it's still just the beginning, that more is going to be needed. And the reason why I'm talking about it is because, once again, this affects, this bill affects so many of our brothers and sisters. For example, this bill is going to absolutely help get the vaccine and, and supplies to more hospitals, to more states, so they can properly fight the coronavirus. And so what that means is getting it to our brothers and sisters because coronavirus is impacting our communities. Now, clearly, it is impacting our communities and our people greater than other communities because of institutional racism that can be found in everything from environmental inequities to just fucking wage you know, inequities and you know, job discrimination, right? So all of these factors, all these all these inequities and, you know, white supremacist 
oppressive tactics that can find themselves in housing and wages and job discrimination and, you know, in, in redlining and on and on have all helped COVID affect black and brown people far more than than white people. And it definitely hurt and definitely hurts black people a whole fucking lot more, you know, than just about everybody else. And so aid coming to help fight coronavirus means that's actually aid coming to our communities to help fight coronavirus. And so it's important in that regard. Uh, number two, I've already talked about the stimulus checks. That's going to help out a lot of black, you know, a lot of black folks, you know, saying who are hurting. Because a lot, like I said before, in a couple of podcasts ago, you know, there are a lot of black people, you know, black people tend to be a little overrepresented in wage labor, meaning, you know, waitresses, chefs, or, you know, sous chefs, you know, we're not talking about chefs in like high-end, high-end kitchens where you get paid a yearly salary, we're talking about, you know, chefs at, you know, at, you know, a little restaurant, which is still important. I like, you know, I'm a New Yorker. I love little restaurants. But, you know, we tend to be overrepresented in in those types of labor. labor, And those are the areas that are most hit because we need to shut down, you know, those things because that's how you spread coronavirus. So we have ourselves a situation where our people really need those checks, really needs those checks, you know. The moratorium on rent and mortgages, super important. Not a part of this relief package but something that you know should keep in mind that that's going to really save a lot of black renters especially uh, because again if you're a wage laborer and all of a sudden you don't have a job and you're already living in a economy where you couldn't afford a $400 emergency suddenly not having any money come through is fucking hell and it's definitely going to help you not going to help you pay the rent so shit is fucking terrorizing you know fucking terrorize excuse me terrifying right now for so many of our brothers and sisters so yeah this is going to help them too but you know all that being said the the other good thing about this is twofold Uh, number one all this talk about unity really had a lot of people scared that biden was going to listen to republicans and water down the stimulus package to make republicans happy that didn't happen which is a good sign okay which is definitely a good sign. Now, I did not... Now, look, even though I have a podcast and I have a, I have a Twitter account and I have all this shit, I was not, you know, jumping on the whole, what the fuck is Biden doing? He's going to cave into to Republicans. I wasn't on that train. I knew he was listening. Like, that's, that's who he is. I knew he was going to have a meeting with them. I knew he was going to listen. But I... For once, <laughs> for once, you know, in very few times, I decided to be positive and believe that he wasn't going to cave in. And he didn't cave in. That's what we still get a 1.9 trillion, not the 600 million that the fucking Republicans suggested. So fuck them, and that's good. The other good thing is that I was worried about Joe Manchin, yo. <laughs> for guys, for those who don't know, Joe Manchin is a conservative senator, I believe, from West Virginia. I believe he's a senator. I believe he's a senator. Don't quote me on that because sometimes I forget if they're senators or congressmen, right? But nevertheless, he is from West Virginia and he's a conservative, a conservative Democrat, which is always funny because are there any like liberal Republicans? Is that a thing? Is like, you know, Mitt Romney considered like a liberal Republican? Like I've never heard the term liberal Republican, but for as long as I've known politics, I've constantly heard this stupid ass term of conservative Democrats. 
like the fuck. But nevertheless, that's who he is. And there was a there was a moment there where people really thought that he was going to be the one to side with Republicans against the stimulus package. Right now, it still would have passed because the Democrats own Congress, which means that even if the vote is 50 50, Kamala Harris is the deciding vote. And therefore, she can push it to 51-50, right? Uh, if I got my math correctly. Not my math, but if I got you know, all my strategy stuff correctly in my head. So, I was worried about that motherfucker fucking throwing a fucking wrench in the whole game. But he didn't. And so, what we have here is a scenario where Biden didn't cave, but Joe Manchin did. And that's really important for the future. As we try to move in a more progressive fashion, in a more progressive direction, because it shows that for all the talk about our need to push Joe left, it seems as if we can also push Joe Manchin left, which is fucked up because we should not need to actually push him left because this shit so is needed by his by his constituents, by the people in West Virginia. They need this money. They need this relief. So why the fuck will you vote against it? But thankfully, he did not. So Biden didn't cave. Joe Manchin did cave. Really important. Really important. And I'm happy to see it. And I'm hoping that this is just, you know, the beginning of Joe Manchin caving on a lot of shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I want to see Joe Manchin cave every fucking time, yo. Because if he caved on this, then my hope is that when we get into really more aggressive shut, you know, shit, you know, in, I don't know, you know, minimum wage, in, in, you know, really dismantling, like really getting after it in dismantling systematic racism in ways that will make Republicans uncomfortable. My hope is that he can still, he'll still cave in on those things because I definitely see him being a motherfucker who would be the monkey wrench in that shit as well. And Joe Manchin is a U.S. senator. I really do a bad job of remembering these things. I just know who I just kind of know who he is and why he's important. But sometimes I kind of forget the details. You know, senator versus you know congressman, et cetera, and et cetera. Uh, and so, at the end of the day, what this means is that people are gonna get helped, not as much as I think they should get, but definitely a good start. And the fact that no Republican actually voted for this, no Republican actually pushed this ahead. Like my like that tweet said, man, that should be on the fucking ad for every fucking Democrat in 2022. Like that should be their headline. Like, hey, you see that stimulus check that you got? See that help that you got? You see all that shit that you got to help you keep you in your home, to help put food on the table? The Republicans did not want to do it at all. Because this is important because 2022, we can lose some seats. 2022 is, is going to be really big. I mean, that's why Biden is going to try and get as much done as he possibly can in these next two years because he may not have the full control that he needs come 2022, right? But if Republicans, excuse me, if Democrats get their shit together and learn to message and learn to actually get their message out to the people in the way about how they're helping them, maybe we have a real shot. Maybe we have an actual real shot at keeping power, if not gaining more power come 2022. But we will see. But the fact that Republicans did not support this at all, that should be the headliner for all Democrats 
running to gain seats or running to save seats to just stay in power come 2022. Like, start talking about that shit now. Start going out in the community now, running ads now. Just prime the pumps now that no Republican wanted to help you guys for real. The problem with this, of course, is that the reason why Republicans didn't want to do it has a lot to do with the fact that they're brought off by donors, and that's also true of many Democrats, you know? Like my mom used to say, you know, you have to be smaller than the rock you hide behind. So we do have a scenario where you can't go around crying that the other guys are cheating when you're cheating too. Nevertheless, I do hope that this win is something that Democrats can actually use and use properly because 2022 is pivotal. So all the wins that we can stack up, all the wins that we can get in place right now are really important not only for us to get them now because we don't know what's going to happen in 2022, but to also help us maintain power after 22. Super important. All right, so we're going to get to our last couple of topics right now. Thanks you, thank you for, for hanging out. So let's, let's jump into it. So, you know, when I do these podcasts, I have like a big note where a note, a, a big, um, I use Google Keep and I have a particular, you know, um, keep note with a whole bunch of notes. I've said a note a bunch of times here, but I have a whole bunch of notes for all the topics, right? To make sure I keep all my facts straight because, you know, so much of this is stream of consciousness where I'm just talking. So I just have a whole bunch of notes where I can just glance and make sure I give you the proper information around all these opinions. But for this particular topic, I just have one note. It says, leave Chloe alone, motherfuckers. <laughs> That's the only note I need. It's the only note I need to talk about this topic because you motherfuckers need to fucking chill. You need to chill, to sit down and shut the fuck up. For those of you who do not know, Chloe, one of the twin sisters of Chloe X Bailey, I believe. Uh, and I say I believe because, you know, I've only heard a couple of songs. Like I said, you guys know me. I'm into jazz and hip hop producers like Mad Lib and Jay Dilla and Black Milk. You know, that's the kind of stuff I listen to. I don't really listen to most of this R&B stuff. I definitely... Very rarely do I listen to Trap. I've only heard one good Trap beat, and that was Bandana, Freddie Gibbs and Mad Lib. I've only heard one good Trap song that I like, and that was on Bandana, right? And so I'm aware of who they are, you know, but I don't listen to their music, which is okay, which is fine. I don't, you don't need to listen to someone's music to have an appreciation for them uh, if they're musicians as human beings, which is what this whole shit is about. So you guys know that these are young ladies um, in the business making music. And from what I've heard from people who know music who s- said that their last album was like really good. So maybe I should give it a listen, right? Some, you know, people who I respect in the music, not only, not only personal friends, but I listen to, you know, reviewers like The Needle Drop, you know, Fantano. Um, and so... He said that the last album, along with some of my other friends, the last album was really good. So maybe I should actually give it a listen, right? Uh, and so Chloe decided to participate in the Busted Challenge, right? The video came across my Twitter feed. I saw it. I thought it was nice. I moved on. I didn't think, I, not, I just didn't think about it anymore after that. Because I saw, I, I already shared the Busted Challenges that I like. I, my favorite Busted Challenge was the, was the was that black mother who every time she she knelt down, the baby who was on the counter in a, in a, in a crib 
kept on laughing and giggling and so you never actually saw her do anything that it just focused on the baby i thought that was the best one because i thought that was really original and funny and you know that's what that was my favorite one of all the busted challenges right but i saw her busted challenge and i was like okay fine i moved on turns out motherfuckers did not do what i did a lot of motherfuckers did not move on they had a lot of shit to say a lot of shit to say and it would seem that a lot of it if not most of it was fucking negative because I come back on Twitter again. I get social media news on Twitter. This is fucking shameful. But I guess, but I come back on Twitter, and I see people talking about how you know Bailey is gonna come for all the people making her sister cry. I'm like, what the fuck? Why is she crying? What the fuck is happening? So I click around, come to find out, Chloe made a video where she's defending herself against all the hate that she got for that video because people were calling her slut. People were calling her all types of fucking names and shit, trying to say that she's trying she's trying to be the grown and, and it's all played out and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, what the fucking fuck? What is wrong with you people, yo? Y'all want these, little, y'all want these women to remain fucking children forever? She's an adult now, man. She wanted to do busted challenge, leave her the fuck alone. And I started and I started to kind of track down because people started collecting all the tweets, you know, that were negative towards her to kind of show all the shit that she's been taking. Like fucking now, the thing that stood out, and a couple of people called this out, and I'm happy that they did, was that the vast majority of this of this hate was coming from women. Like all this, all this talk. <laughs> I remember a long time. I remember a long time ago, a female coworker said that um, that she. I believe this was when no, this is during Obama's presidency, but she was like she would vote for Clinton. She said she would vote for Clinton and a woman as president, but she hated the fact that people assumed everything would just work better under a female president because she's like, I've seen some women do some fucking dirty shit. It's like they do dirt just as much as men. And so this idea that society would just be better if women were in charge is not supported by any fucking facts at all. And she she was a rare one to call that shit out because if you call that shit out as a man, you you claim, you know, you'll call a misogynist. Or, and if you definitely say about black women, misogynoir, misogynoir, and all that shit, right? But I like the fact that people say, look, most of the hate that she's getting from other chicks, either jealous, most it has to be mostly jealousy, right? Or <laughs> some people were claiming that these ladies were jealous and talking all this shit because they caught their boyfriends, you know, looking at her video. And I'm like, this shit was so fucking crazy. It's like she's a grown, she's a woman who is maturing. Okay, she's a young lady who's going from a teen into adulthood, maturing. Let her have fun, yo. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, what what is going on in your life that has you so feeling so insecure that you can't let this woman live? Right? Like, I wonder about that shit all the time. Like I said, I saw it, thought it was nice. I moved on. I just have shit to do. I don't have. I don't have time to kind of, you know, rest my mind on this. Or, you know, on someone and whether or not they're mature or not mature should be. Sure. No, that's her life. She wants to do that. There's nothing wrong with it. Fucking hundreds, if not thousands, of y'all were doing that shit. Fucking let it go. Like, what's going on in your spirit? <laughs> in your spirit, in your life as a human being, that you felt the need to attack this young lady because she's living her life, and you just had to get some. You just had to hate on her. Like, I really, I sincerely don't understand it. And it's shit that black women deal with so often. And I do wonder at a certain point where 
all this talk about Black Lives Matter and and all the shit that you guys you know talk about, does it take a break when it's a black woman? When it's a black woman living her life, is that when Black Lives don't matter? Like I like I wish I had like a like a like a solution to this. I don't. I really just struggle to understand that mindset. That's why my note just simply says, leave Chloe alone, motherfuckers. Okay? Get your shit together. Get your life together. Okay? Because there's something wrong with you to be hating on this woman for just having fun like everyone else. Like there's really something wrong with you in your psyche. Okay? Maybe you maybe you grew up with a mother who was super critical and you're super insecure and you take that shit out on other people. Whatever your damage is, figure that shit out. Okay, figure that shit out, man, because it's fucking nuts that she got that much hate that she was fucking crying on Instagram. Now, I do say I do think that whenever these celebrities get this hate and then they respond to it with these Instagram lives and these things like that, that's a mistake, too. Okay, you can't you're just feeding you're just feeding these animals when you do that. Clearly, Chloe is not listening (laughs) to this podcast, so she's not going to hear me say this. But that becomes just an opportunity for them to feel justified and feel like they've accomplished something. Because at the end of the day, if your life is so empty that you have to hate on this woman for just participating in something fun that everyone else was participating in, then you're also the type of person who would feel good at seeing her cry and validate your stupid-ass wannabe criticisms by having that Instagram live and talking about how, you know, you guys should, you know, leave her alone and that she wasn't doing anything wrong, so with and so on, right? And so on that front, you know, I kind of wish these celebs would have people in their lives in the corner who tells who would tell them don't respond you would only feed them you know you would only i think i saw a photo yesterday of of chloe taking a photo with the camera looking up at her so all you see is this long a long photo of her of her and you have to look and she's looking down at you and then above her above her head are just clouds so basically she's looking down at the camera and therefore looking down at the people looking at the photo that should have been the response that should have been right there the response okay because that's how you answer haters you know what I'm saying the best revenge is success okay the best revenge is not giving a fuck you know you you hurt these fucking these fucking trolls you hurt their feelings when you don't even acknowledge their existence that's how you do it so I hope someone in her corner is letting her know that's how to go about it in the future because I don't imagine this is going to end because I don't imagine the people who did this are necessarily going to see her response. They're going to you know, have a change of heart. If they were dumb enough, if they were you know, stupid enough, if they were insecure enough, if they were full of hatred and self-loathing, because you don't do this shit if you love yourself. I'm, I'm convinced of that. I'm convinced that if you're secure within yourself and you love you and you got shit going on in your life and you're working towards your goals, you just don't have time to hate on people who are just having fun. Like, that's not a thing that I've ever seen anyone who got their shit together, who are moving forward, do. That's not something I've I've ever seen. I've always only seen that dumbass behavior from people who ain't got shit going on in their lives, who got time on their hands, are jealous, who don't like, who don't like where they are in their own lives in their own lives and just wish they were that person and so for them to feel better they gotta they gotta rip that person down they gotta figure out a way to rip that person down 
right? And so that person is not going to change because you made that IG video, right? And so while it may have been cathartic for her, I don't think in the end it serves to actually change anything. And I think she's still going to have to deal with this hate moving forward. And she should not at all change who she is and what she's doing and how she wants to live her life. Because clearly she's doing fucking good shit. You know what I'm saying? Because you know who she is. I don't know who the fuck any of you guys are. I mean, hell, I don't even listen to her music. I don't even listen to their music. And I know who they are. Very well aware of who they are. Right? Her sister. I bet you. And I thought this to myself. I bet you dollars to dimes that the only reason why her sister didn't get involved because her sister probably knew that if she got involved she's gonna curse someone out and that would and that would risk that disney money okay she got that disney money right now so she can't she can't go blue she can't go off on you motherfuckers i'm sure she does because <laughs> they seem pretty tight to me i mean they're fucking twin sisters i'm no twins i know i knew a two sets of twins growing up those t- twins are tight as shit okay tight and so I know those two are probably tight and probably tired the most because they're in the industry, writing songs, performing, traveling, touring together. So they're probably tired the most. I'm quite sure Bailey wants to go the fuck off on people. But you had to be held back because you got that Disney money, yo. <laughs> you can't fuck with that Disney money like that, right? And so I'm sure she's she's waiting for the opportunity. She, she's writing shit down. I hope so to go off on these motherfuckers, you know. But I'm pretty sure that they're going to you know, have to deal with this hate for a long time. And so my thought is that don't respond to these motherfuckers. And you motherfuckers who were, were a part of this, get your shit together, man. Your life is in a bad place if this is something that you felt the need to do in any shape or form. In any shape or form, your life is clearly in a bad place. All right. That's what I had to say about that. You know, like I said, I didn't have notes on this. And the only note I had on this is leave Chloe alone, motherfuckers. I'd like to hope I got that I got that message through. We're going to go and going to end this on a good note. So something came through the newswire that was really interesting. Our 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 modern heroine by the name of Stacey Abrams was nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize. That's right, motherfuckers. The woman who had an election stolen from her said, oh yeah, watch this. Fucking went on a rampage to make sure black people got the right to vote and kept the right to vote and mobilized the vote Without her, we would not we would not have had, you know, the opportunity to win Georgia straight up and down. And she has been nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize. Now, the interesting thing about this and and, and a little sad is that she was nominated by a Norwegian lawmaker lawmaker. Um, Now, I believe that's the facts. Right. She was nominated by someone not of the United States. Let's let's put it that way. It's kind of fucked up. I don't know the process for nominating people for for Nobel Peace Prizes, you know? I mean, it can't be that hard because fucking, tr- I believe Trump was nominated. His clown ass was actually nominated, right? Thank God he didn't win. Oh, Lord, thank you. Not a lot of things can, there are not, there's not a lot of shit I can thank, you know, the Almighty for in 2020. But two things, three things. A, I made it. B, my friends and loved ones made it. And then C, fucking Trump did not win no fucking Nobel Peace Prize. 
Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you again. Okay, I hope she wins though, straight up and down, just to continue to rub the noses of these motherfucking election thieves. Champ, I believe his name is. I don't even want to know his name. Fuck him. I hope she wins and continue to rub their noses in it and continue to do the good work, man. Continue to do the good work because if your vote as black as a black person wasn't important, they wouldn't be trying so fucking hard to take it away from you. It's not a thing that would happen. All right. If your vote didn't actually count for something, they wouldn't be working overtime to try and keep you from voting. Because right now, because Georgia went blue, fucking Republican lawmakers in Georgia are trying to figure out new ways and new tactics to keep Georgia from going blue again. So they're trying to think about, you know, voter ID laws. They're trying to think about all this shit, which is why it's so important that Biden and Democrats, Democrats in this two-year window where we can actually make shit happen without worrying about whether or not Republicans like it or not, you know, they need to reinstate, they need to, to go back in and get this Voting Rights you know, Act bill back in power, man. We fucking had that shit stripped and gutted. Fucking go back and get that shit back, back in its place so that fucking people like Georgia can, cannot suppress the black vote because they're, they're working towards it. Like all these motherfuckers in all these Republican areas that either went blue or even looked like it was going to go blue, those motherfuckers are scared as shit. They're scared as shit, and they're trying to figure out how do we make sure these niggas can't vote. Let's figure out a way to make that shit happen, okay? Now that's a real shit that's happening right now. But nevertheless, you have people like Stacey Abrams, who's on the you know who's on the ground, you know, foot on the ground, who's in you know grassroots level, man, working. Working shit and making shit happens. That's why I so, so again I've said this before, but that's why it pisses me off so much whenever people talk about as if black folks only care about the big national things and not the stuff happening on the ground level. Because we have so many grassroots activists in the community who are working their asses off with fucking little help to keep us from com- getting completely destroyed. To make sure that we still have the right to vote, still get paid. You know, they're they're moving the needle as little as they can, as hard as they can, and they stand in they stand in the trenches, man. And so thank goodness for Stacey Abrams and all the Stacey Abrams in the world, especially in America. You know, you may not get nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize, but you're out here working to make sure that our, you know, our little girls and our little brothers, you know, get good educations. You're helping them get actual real food on the table, not just McDonald's and Popeyes. You, you know, they got. We have so many, you know, brothers and sisters working in the trenches doing shit that's completely invisible on a national stage, but it's so important. So this was a bit of good news, and I and I'm hoping she wins. Like 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 I said, I don't keep up with the Nobel Peace Prize. I don't know the process. I don't know when you know they're going to be naming the winners. And frankly, to be honest, I think it's the probability is really low that she wins, you know. Uh, but that being said, I'm glad, I'm happy to have seen it. She deserves it. And I'm just hoping that, you know, she wins so that she could be even more empowered. Because I do believe that winning it comes with, like, cash prize. I don't know if necessarily I want to call it a prize. But because <laughs> the prize kind of makes it sound like a game show. It's not a game show. Um, but I do know that it does come with some money. And I would imagine that she would take that money and put it towards 
continuing the fight for getting black folks and you really and really to be honest she works for all you know oppressed neglected folks to make sure that they have the right to vote and their votes are protected whether they're blue whether they're red whether they're black white whatever she just want to make sure that every person gets the right to vote and even though it sounds nice to say every person the reality is when you protect everyone's right to vote you're really protecting black people's right to vote and that is so important okay there, there's no storied history of you know helping white people gave gain votes it's not a thing okay but black people in in the ballot box has been a struggle forever and like Malcolm X said if your vote wasn't important they wouldn't keep trying to take it from you okay so I hope she wins I don't think she's going to but we shall see and that's the show for today guys thank you for hanging out today was a long one you know we touched on a lot of stuff um I still wish we had more time to touch on more things. I really didn't jump. I really didn't get into deeply the whole Amazon thing, that that fuckery right there. But still, I'm glad that we were able to touch on the things that we touched on today. And as always, thank you for making time to to talk to me, to to chill out with me, to listen to me rant and rave, you know, and give you some facts while I'm ranting and raving as well, right? As always, rate the podcast give me them five stars share the podcast subscribe yourself if you're not subscribed and yo let's get this you know by by the end of march let's get let's get this up to 100 right now according to the stats i'm at about 25 let's get this thing up to 100 by you know the end of march and subscribers so let's share this out let's get people subscribed and thank you again i appreciate you i will talk to you guys you know what I promised you guys a podcast last, you know, yesterday. I couldn't get to it. So I'm going to give you guys a quickie tomorrow on word. You know, we're going to make that happen. All right. But nevertheless, thank you for joining me. I will talk to you guys tomorrow.